Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. My other worst Christmas movie, Elf. All right, now I realize I may lose a lot of friends over this beloved classic. Admittedly, I am biased here. I generally do not find Will Ferrell funny. Since most of his movies are comedies, maybe you can see the problem. Ironically, he worked in the television series The Office when his four-episode appearance was floated as a possible replacement for Steve Carell. Even though originally my jaw dropped in sheer horror to hear Farrell's name as a possible addition to my favorite sitcom, I was pleasantly surprised at how well he fit in. Alas, Farrell did not end up becoming a regular on that show. But I did want to mention The Office, since it was one time I actually found this guy entertaining, and I owe the poor guy some kind of bone, even though it will not make up for the rest of my comments. So yes... For the sake of being fair and balanced, he was good in the office. As for Farrell's other work, oh, let's see. How shall I put this? I'm sure in real life he's a nice guy. But on the screen, seeing him in a preview is like watching a flashing yellow warning light or seeing the words caution, regardless of how novel the original idea may have been, Will Farrell eventually joined up with the project. Look, I know a lot of you think the movie was cute. And I'm not trying to be unsentimental here. I don't mind stories about elves. I loved Lord of the Rings. If those trilogies didn't elevate elves to heroic status, I don't know what did. And you've already heard my two installments of the Santa Claus featured on my top ten list. Both films were literally loaded with elves from start to finish. No problem with elves. I want to make that abundantly clear. I am hoping to avoid a lawsuit just in case there's some elf anti-defamation league out there somewhere. What was wrong with elf, you ask? Well, if you saw the movie and if you are a Will Ferrell fan, nothing I say will matter and there's little point in wasting time to convince you otherwise. If such is the case, just ignore this critique and enjoy the movie. I can be happy for you if you can appreciate the freedom you have in a country that does not allow dissenters to be tortured. But torture is what I'll experience if I should ever again in my life have to be in the same room with this video. On the other hand, if you did not see the film and you want to know what was wrong with it, perhaps brevity would be most effective here. It stinks. I guess that was a little too brief. Sure, okay. I'll provide a little more detail. It really stinks. Oh, you want more? It sucks raw eggs with two straws. Okay, okay. You're looking for more depth and sophistication here. Fine. I suppose I could rationalize my lack of substance by saying there was nothing three-dimensional in the film to grab a hold of, but with 3D movies making a comeback, I don't want to give the studio any ideas. Elf in 3D might just end life as we've known it. All right, I'm getting there. Why was it so terrible? Aside from my distaste for Farrell himself, it's a tough one to put your finger on. I could say Elf is a stupid story, but several of the movies on my top 10 list were also stupid stories. I guess I could put it this way. There are two kinds of stupid. Funny stupid and stupid stupid. The difference is in the acting and the writing. As I've mentioned already, with fantasy, if we believe in the characters, we will believe in the story. With better writing and better acting, the premise of this movie might have come across as quite clever and original. Too often, Hollywood remakes something good like The Grinch and turns it into a disaster. Here's a thought. Why not remake something that was bad but had potential? If that is ever done, maybe I'll enjoy a future version of Elf. I've heard they actually made it into a Broadway musical. I haven't seen it yet, but who knows? But in this present incarnation, 
no cigar. Farrell, a human who was raised by elves and grew up believing he was an elf, and his real human father, James Kahn, with whom he reunites, have zero chemistry, although the film cried out for the kind of chemistry Sonny visited upon Carlo in The Godfather. As for Farrell's love interest, Zoe Deschanel, she's cute, and at times the romantic subplot had its charms, but all charm evaporated when Zoe sang Santa Claus is coming to town in order to lift the spirit of Christmas so that Santa's sleigh could function. You couldn't sell a plot like this to the 99 cent store. Well, maybe you could because Elf was a hit. Despite these flaws, the main problem does keep coming back to Will Ferrell. I guess this is one of those opposition reviews. The kind you might find in uh, Superman's Bizarro universe. Just as the Santa Claus would have flopped if not for Tim Allen, Elf might have succeeded if not for Will Ferrell. Now, I should say there was one bright spot to the film, Bob Newhart, as Will Ferrell's Elf dad for five minutes. I thoroughly enjoyed myself, thinking I had discovered a new Christmas treat. Unfortunately for my soon-to-be-dashed holiday hopes, after those five minutes, the movie continued. Well... There you have it. But hey, that's just my opinion. What do I know? If most people liked the movie, I must be in the wrong. After all, the majority is usually right, isn't it? Of course, there was a time when the majority thought slavery was okay. And then there was another time when the majority said you couldn't split the atom. Never mind. Just go rent the film. If you like it, you like it. If you hate it, you have about as much fun as I did tearing it to shreds. Your Christmas may still be merry. As you can see, I am very critical of the arts. I love to talk about books, television shows, movies, and, as you are witnessing in tonight's annual Encore presentation, I have a special passion for Christmas movies, because I have a special passion for Christmas itself. Well, what happens when a Christmas story critic writes a Christmas story of his own? Here's your chance to find out. My children's novel, The Dangerous Christmas Ornament, is available on Amazon.com. So far, the customer reviews on Amazon have been terrific. But don't take my word for it. Go to Amazon and find out for yourself. Read the reviews, read the book, and if you also like the book, maybe consider writing your own customer review. And if you don't like the book, uh, never mind. It's okay. You don't have to write anything. Sheesh, everybody thinks he's a critic. The Dangerous Christmas Ornament on Amazon.com and also on BarnesandNoble.com. My absolute favorite Christmas movie of all time, and it is one you mentioned, so I'm happy, is A Christmas Story. Yes, that with the kid with the BB gun. Oh, they, do they, you watch the marathon that they do on one of the channels? They show it the, for 24 hours. They show it nonstop on Christmas Eve. I do. <laughs> I, I uh, Every year I watch it at least multiple times. And most of it, I, I have it on DVD. And, and, and you would think, you know, why do you need it on DVD when, you know, TBS or whatever shows it, you know, a billion times on Christmas Day? Well, that's because I it, it's I love that movie so much. I think it's probably somewhere on one of my favorite movies of all time list. It's just a, it's just ingenious. They really capture what it's like to feel like a little kid, even though it takes place in the 1940s. It really does, and, and so much to the point where whenever whenever I watch that, I'm and that little kid because we've all been to that. We've all had that experience as a kid where we've always we've all wanted that one gift. And and some of us are still that way. We all want that one gift and we have our heart set on that one gift. And when we go through the the wrapping paper and we unwrap it and we see it and we're just like, you know, 
our day is made. I mean, we've all been there. It's yeah, incredibly and, relatable. And the dad seems so clueless throughout the movie and to, to realize that he was the one who remembered and got him that gun at the end. It, right. He completely redeems himself in the whole Yeah, the whole movie. just hearing the dad swearing with the furnace. Of course, it was Yosemite Sam kind of swearing. Dang, nabbit. Dun, dun, dang, Which he dang. does himself <laughs> yes, later on in the movie. When he, yeah. It's, 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 it's just hilarious. Um, I, I loved all of it. When, that, when they meet that bully, they, they're playing music from Peter, from Peter and the, and the Wolf, wolf. From, yes. from when the wolf comes. That was just brilliant. It's genius how they how they use it too. The way um like his little brother Randy, you know when they're running away, you hear that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's and it's then as beautiful. soon as the bully makes his appearance, it's just. I mean, yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. It was great. That, so you must have liked the Wonder Years too. Then I love the Wonder Years. It was very derivative of a Christmas story. Yeah. Only that one was set in the sixties. It really does, and I love that show for the exact same reason. Yeah, it's relatable and it takes you. Uh, it takes you to moments that everybody guaranteed has gone through yeah at one point exactly and that's where a movie can be for adults and kids at the same time kids Absolutely. are drawn into the story but adults are reminiscing as to what it felt like to be a kid and think like a kid that said my mom finds the movie boring which I, which proves i the have point. found more men like it than women uh, probably yeah. men relate to the bb gun and the women relate to the you shoot your eye out kid part of it. <laughs> it, it it does prove that not everybody can be perfect yeah oh and then oh. when and then when his dad opens up that that lamp that lamp with the oh. chorus girl leg and then he turns Chile. and the wife's just panicking and then he goes outside he looks through the window he goes, he's like you should see what it looks like from out here he's just and a little crowd starts going yeah. behind oh him oh my gosh oh. oh man it's a major award oh yeah it's hilarious yeah it's it's a, it's a great movie. A piece of trivia that friend of his that walks up and asks him what he's looking at is the director of the movie. Oh, really? Yes. And then later on, when the kid gets in line to see Santa Claus, that's the guy Gene, that sends him to the back, that's Gene Shepard, who, who wrote yeah. the, the original book that this was based on. Yeah, I knew that one. He's also the narrator of the and movie. And he's the narrator. I've, I'd like to get his original book and read it. It sounds like it's probably even better and just ingeniously told. Yeah, I hear it's good. It's been on my uh, must-get-on-Kindle list for uh, yeah, a while. Yeah, there you go. Um, another one that I really, really like, and... I guess I like it more than you, but I suppose it's probably because of uh, more sentimental reasons. I was right in that prime age when it came out. I was five years old when Home Alone came out. Oh, no, I did. Well, that did make my top ten list. It did. Uh, on the bottom, but but, but, but the, the top ten. It's a little 10. bit higher yeah. on mine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I guess I guess as an as an adult, I can I can complete your, your point on Macaulay Culkin. I, I, although I, um, a lot of the movie, he is a very wooden actor. But there are certain little emotional nuances that he does that I think kind of saves him a little bit. Like, like I really like one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is actually when he's in the church talking to the old man. Yeah, that was a that was a very touching scene. It, it, it really was. I thought the old man did a good job, and I thought Macaulay Culkin did a decent job there too, of just being you know the kid who just you know says it like it is. And, yeah, um, there were times he was just too over the top, but I agree with you. There were other times where he did come across as a real little kid. Yeah, I think it was kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, I would say in that movie. Yeah, um, yeah Daniel Stern and, and Joe Pesci. They I, are just I, hilarious. They were, just, and I I think they were so good. Joe Pesci, especially. I think he was so good. He pigeonholed himself. <laughs> yeah, I know. That kind of stereotyped them a little bit. Yeah, a little, a little bit. But I, I was a, I was a, a big fan. I still am. I, in fact, uh, we have a little tradition at uh, at our at our apartment where uh, I live with uh, my girlfriend. We have a little tradition where we watch a movie every week and we alternate over who who you know who picks what. And I think this is 
her pick this week, and I, and I think she said this week it's going to be Home Alone. So I think I'm going to be watching Good. Home Alone on Friday. Now, have you seen that horrible sequel, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York? Yeah, we have it. That's because she likes it more than me. Wow. They re- she actually but likes see, again, it. they retreaded the whole story again. They He's did. lost again. But it's bigger. If he, has to, he has to fight villains again. It's got to be the same two villains, and they broke out. They didn't have the old man this time, but they have an old lady. I mean, good But grief. Since, since it's a sequel... They have to make it bigger. And how do they make it bigger? Instead of him being lost in his little town and house, instead of being alone there, he's all alone in New York. Yeah, it was, it was just horrible. Now, the, they made even two more sequels after yeah, that, which I never three. even watched. But I didn't even give him the time of day. I just, it's just they do such an injustice. A legitimate sequel is if there's really honestly, for artistic reasons, a new story to tell. An illegitimate sequel is if money was the only reason they made it. And then they feel the need to retread everything about the first one. Yeah, and that one is absolutely one of those uh yeah one of those moments one uh one movie that that wasn't on your list that would be on mine was uh national lampoon's christmas vacation yeah no i i do like chevy chase that one i just don't i mean it, it's got some laughs but tell us why you like this one um i thought it was i'm not a big chevy chase guy there's a few chevy chase movies i like i liked fletch i liked i love the three cat uh the the three oh amigos. the three amigos is great Hilarious. oh my gosh yes um this one i just i also love the original vacation and i don't know i just i just thought it was really maybe i like it if for the classic uh you know lighting lighting the christmas lights outside scene well you're not um, alone my son-in-law it's his favorite of all the christmas movies christmas vacation it just kind of has that same that same kind of charm that that vacation has i thought where it was just uh again it was kind of it was kind of relatable you know everyone kind of has those at least one of those kind of crazy uh christmas uh uh experiences and i don't know i i i liked it i mean it, it, if, if it was on my list it'd probably be somewhere down there <laughs> But it would it would make my list and and one other one quickly as far as the the TV specials I agree on every on both of them that you mentioned it's oh, Charlie not, Brown Christmas and the the Grinch yeah. not a Christmas without them absolutely as far as I'm yeah it's like it's like stuffing and hanging your stockings it's just part of the season it's just part of it and uh, another one in in my household that's right up there are those is Mickey's Christmas Carol oh was, that uh, yeah where uh, Ludwig van Duck is Scrooge and Mickey Bob but that's not yeah. a bad version that's not a bad version yeah I really like it too I mean some people prefer the 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 Flintstones version more or the Mr Magoo one more I, now I never heard of the Flintstone version yeah, the Flintstone one was it was good I think it came out in the sixties. Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.